our knees. Let's get on our knees. We got a lot to do today. A lot to do today. Lord, thank you so much for our church. Thank you for all the multi-sites, the micro-sites, the people online, the people watching in, in gymnasiums and laundromats and bars all around San Diego and around the world online. We thank you for uh, your word. And, and Lord, I pray that you would challenge us, teach us to pray. As we continue our series called What If, I pray that we would pray. I pray we would cry out to you and believe that you are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's see your Bibles this morning, today. Let's see your Bibles today. One more time, say word. Very good. Let's uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 5. It's about three-quarters of the way back in the Bible. And if you are a visitor, my name is Miles and the pastor of the Rock. Welcome to church today. I have a question for you. It's a question is the name of our sermon series that we're in right now. It's called What If. Everyone say what if. In Matthew chapter 6, you're going to Hebrews chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus told us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if we believed that and prayed that like he said? This series, What If, is all about that. What if we did what God told us to do? Let me back up. What if we all came on time? I know that all kinds of nationalities have their own time. You got black people time. All the black people say, hey, man. You know what I'm talking about. You got white people time. You got Filipino time. You got Mexican time. <laughs> God time is on time. God's never late. What if we all came on time to church and what if when you came, oh, by the way, uh, when I say on time, one minute before we start, in your seat ready for worship. What if you came to church ready, God, I got my burdens, I got my problems, I got my drama, but I'm ready to give it to you. Versus walking in the middle trying to find your seat in the dark when I, and all irritated by the time you get to your seat. What if you came on time? What if you came ready to worship? What if you didn't gossip for a week? I said this last service and someone said, I got a book that teaches that. So I'm going to get that book and give it to all of us. <laughs> what if we prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let me give you some context. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. He created Adam and Eve. Yes, a man and a woman. You did not evolve from an ape. That is just not true. God made you in his image and he is not an ape. He told Adam and Eve, have dominion over the earth. The devil heard that. The devil knew he did not have authority over Adam and Eve. He knew that the only way he can get authority over them and from them is to trick them into giving it to him by disobeying God. God said, don't eat from that tree or you will die. Our relationship will die. The devil said, if you eat from that tree, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And they did. They sinned. 
They forfeited their position, their authority. They were kicked out of the garden. The devil became the prince of the power of the air. Jesus comes thousands of years later. He dies on the cross, rises from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he told his disciples, now I have all authority in heaven and earth. All authority. And I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. God chose man to defeat the devil, not himself. He didn't need to fight the devil. There is no fight there. He chose man, made in his image to defeat the devil. Jesus says, I've come to overcome the works of the devil. So when Christ was on earth, he was raising the dead. He was healing people. He was, people were getting uh, uh, delivered from stuff, whatever. And he was saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was demonstrating the power of the kingdom of God. And when he died and rose from the dead, he says, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to wait. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And with that power, everybody say power. power. With that power, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. In other words, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power and you shall extend my kingdom around the world. So this whole series is about thy kingdom come. Now let me clarify a couple of things. There is a theology, belief system called Kingdom now theology or dominion theology. And kingdom now or dominion theology says that once you get saved, there is no more disease, no more illness. And actually Christians can actually, by their faith, establish the kingdom of God on earth completely. That is not what we're talking about. The kingdom of God is not this. The new heavens and new earth and the kingdom completely being on earth is not going to happen until Christ comes back. However... You and I have access to the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the works of the devil in our life to whatever degree God determines. I used to do, do cocaine. I don't anymore. I used to do a lot, say a bunch of things I used to say. I don't anymore. I've changed. And, and many of you know exactly what God has done in your life. The problem is a lot of times our faith stops right there and we don't accept God for even more incredible things. God wants to extend the kingdom throughout the earth, but it's not going to be completely saturated until he comes back. But in the meantime, it is our responsibility, our privilege to be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, to whatever degree you want that in my life, I want it now. So in other words, when you ask Christ to become your savior, what you're telling God is, God, thy kingdom come in my life now. Change me now. Make me more like the kingdom version of myself you have in your mind. What do I mean by kingdom version? Paul said he presses on that he may apprehend the, the, what Christ apprehended for him. In other words, I want to be the person God wants me to be. All of us should be praying and reading and walking with God that he may transform us into the person he created us to be. Not the gossip, not the liar, not the cheat. That's kingdom, the kingdom of God in your life. It won't be fully realized until Christ comes back. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about praying. Because what if you prayed? What would happen if you prayed? Not come to church, sit down, most, mostly late, sing some songs, read a verse only when you're in this building, pray for your meal or maybe when you go to bed. There's nothing wrong with your food and you sleep fine without God. I'm not saying you don't have to pray for that stuff, but what if you prayed for something you can't do? For something that God said only he can do. That's what we're talking about. And by the way, that's what God is telling us to do. That's what he's telling us to do. Jesus said, if you pray, that mountain will move from there to there. You don't believe that. 
He told his disciples, go out and heal the sick, raise the dead, heal the blind, cast out demons. You don't believe that. People tell us through this whole series, you guys are heretics, you can't heal people. I say, okay, it won't happen in your life. I just prayed for a lady Friday or Thursday. She had plantar fasciata, gone, right on the phone, boom, in a minute. Her son prayed for her the day before, well, and slowly went down her foot, boom. It happens all the time. Now, maybe you don't believe it, that's on you. But that's what God said. Okay, so we're gonna, today we're just going to talk about uh, Jesus' prayer example. Because, you know, you hear all the time Jesus prayed, he prayed. So I have a question for you. If Jesus prayed all the time, yes or no, should we pray all the time? Yes, he was doing it as a role model to us. He is how you get stuff done. Okay? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Number one, first one. Hebrews 5, verse 7. And all this is in your notes, but we're going to read it together. I'm going to read it. You listen, then we're going to pray. It says... Talking about Jesus, it said, verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he walked around, he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Jesus prayed with cries and tears. Jesus, look at, look at, look at, look at here. What if you prayed with cries and tears? What if you prayed with passion? What if you prayed like you meant it? Versus, dear God, uh, uh, dear God, uh, bless my food. There's nothing wrong with your food. For real, there's nothing wrong with your food. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't thank God for your food. And you can even pray, bless my food. I don't know if he's really ever going to do anything to it. But what if you pray, dear God, my mom has cancer, which my mom really does. <laughs> my uncle has, you know, he broke his leg. My marriage is falling apart. What if you pray that and like, God, I really, really am seeking you. Think about your prayer life. I challenge you to pray 15 minutes a day. Do you all remember that last week? Okay, very good. How many of you did it? Okay, very good. Guess what? This is not a sermon series thing. This is a lifestyle. My, my, one of my prayers is that all of us would pray all the time every day. What if you prayed like Jesus? I mean it, God. My kids, all my kids grow, grew up here in California. They were born here in California. And they have that California accent like, um, we're going to the store, like that. <laughs> Everything in California is a question. Okay. I'm going to go to the mall. Uh, uh, I'm in the third grade. Either you are or you aren't. I mean, and one of the things my kids used to say when they were little is that we would ask them, do you want this? And they would go, whatever. I was like, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Do not ever answer a question, whatever. Either you want it or you don't. And if you want it, I want to know you really want it. I don't want, okay, no, I want it. Don't be like, it's like, it's like ladies, imagine if a, guy, if a guy was going to ask you out and he says, you know, you want to go out with me? But if you don't, it's, it's okay. I mean, I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, it's like a non-starter. It's like, well, hold on, hold on. you want a guy, he, he has to, you make him fight. 
play hard to get. See, because if he doesn't want, if you, if he don't want it, if it's, if it's no big deal, he'll walk away. Okay, that's another, another sermon series. <laughs> Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. We're going to go through a bunch of these. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's pray right now. Close your eyes, bow your head. Close your eyes, bow your head. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Repeat it to me out loud. Dear God, teach me to pray with passion. Okay, we're going to say it one more time, but I want you to say it with passion. <laughs> Not, oh God, I want to pray with passion. Dear God, teach me to pray with passion. I want to mean it. And I want to believe it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, I got fire. We got fire here. Turn to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Matthew, Mark, Luke. We will be in the, in the New Testament, mostly Gospels, all today. Okay, verse 21, Luke 3, 21. It says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was baptized. And while he prayed, and we'll say while he prayed. The heavens, heaven was opened. I want you to imagine you're praying. and I, Can you imagine what that looked like for the heavens to open? And everything in heaven poured onto your life. The power of God, the love of God, the glory of God just shined out of heaven. You know when you see the sun setting and the, the rays going through the clouds? There's just something amazing about that. Imagine if heaven opened and whatever was up there was poured on you. Imagine if you lived under an open heaven. <laughs> Instead of living under circumstances. And many of us live under circumstances. In other words, what's hanging over our head are the whims and decisions of other people. Or your finances. Or the economy instead of the love of God. Jesus prayed and the heavens opened. And look what it says next. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let's all bow our heads. Say it with me. Lord God, when I pray, open heaven above my life. And pour out on my life. All the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that are assigned to me. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says that we all have all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places assigned to us. You want all the blessings assigned to you. It's not selfish to ask for what God has assigned to you. And here's the great thing about it. When he gives it to you, one of those is just a great amount of mercy and grace. When he, when he gives it to you, you end up having a tendency of giving it away. Ha! It's the opposite of the world. The world wants to hoard. God wants to give. 
Turn to Mark chapter 3, Mark chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke. So you're right before where you're at. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark 135. Says, now in the morning, or your version may say very early in the morning, having risen along before daylight. Boom. It was still dark outside. He went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he did what? Prayed. Early in the morning. How many of you are night people? Yeah. How many of y'all are day people? How many of you really don't even know what you are? <laughs> Imagine what if you got up before it was light. No cell phone. No, no electronics. You got up long before daylight, went to a quiet place, and prayed. Well, one, God doesn't sleep, so he'll be there. And what if every day you woke up, you anticipated, or went to bed, you anticipated waking up the next day and getting alone with God. And you were able to communicate with God because we're going to see next week that prayer, you don't, well, you do pray to God, but you more so, you want to pray with God. You don't want to think about praying to God. You want to think about praying with God. What does that mean? That it's two-way communication. What if every day you said, I'm going to get up and there's going to be nobody but me and God. No, no texting, no computer, no cell phone, just me and God. Imagine what your life would be like. I'm going to tell you it would be different. And I'm going to tell you it would be more of what you're trying to get by working hard and getting money and sleeping around. In other words, all day long you're trying to get what time with God will probably just give you. Now I'm not saying he's going to give you a check that you're not going to have to go to work. I'm not saying he's going to just going to drop a woman out of the sky. There was a show when I was a kid called Love American Style. Y'all remember Love American Style? How many of y'all say amen? amen? How many of you do not know what that show is? In the beginning, I don't even remember what the show was about. It was, it was about just relationships. I can't remember. But I remember in the beginning, the one scene I remembered, because I was a little kid, I, I wanted this as a little kid. Remember the little boy would pray next to his bed? He was kneeling next to his bed and this girl drops out of the ceiling right on his bed. So I was a little kid. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. That's not going to happen. But if you prayed, if you got up early in the morning and said, God, me and you, me and you, 15 minutes I was asking, 15 minutes every day. That's just a starter. Let God make it long. But imagine you prayed every day, no sound, it's dark outside. And by the way, this is not you have to do this. I'm just throwing this out because Jesus did it. You know, God wakes me up every day around 430 Around. I'm like, really, God? <laughs> like three months ago, he just started doing this. And I said, okay, I guess I need to get up at 430. And I, and I started to set my clock. I don't set my clock anymore. He gets me up. 418, 432, 427, 410, 3 o'clock. I'm like, God. <laughs> can't we talk a little later? It's Saturday. It's my sleep-in day. Wakes me up. Why? Because I get to be alone. He gets me alone with no 
distraction. What if you did that? Your life would change. Let's pray right now. Dear God, everybody, dear God, if you want me to get up before the sun gets up, I'm not really into that. But if you want me up, stir my heart. Give me a desire to pray to you before daylight. Teach me to set my clock to go off while it's still dark outside. <laughs> Lord, I want to pray with you. I want to meet with you before I do anything in my day. Every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. What if that happened? Guess what? You can do it tomorrow. It's 100% on you. Well, God didn't wake me up. Set your clock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Matthew 14. Matthew 14, 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat, go before him to the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, verse 23, Matthew 14, 23, when he sent the multitudes away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Turn to Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, verse chapter 6. Luke 6. Luke 6, verse 12. It came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. What if you went and prayed by yourself and you did it all night? How many of y'all... How many of y'all are going to watch more than an hour of ESPN today? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me back up. How many of you watch more than an hour of ESPN every day? How many of you watch more than an hour of TV every day? Raise your hand real high. How many of y'all do social media? Listen to the radio. Okay, go on Facebook. Okay. Everybody. What if you said, Lord... I want to give you a night. What if you said, I'm gonna, me and my friend, we're going to go someplace and we're going to pray all night. Now, you may get sleepy, you may get rambling, you may get delirious, you may whatever. Practice. When you pray every day, you are practicing communicating with God. Practice. Everyone say practice. You don't do anything perfect the first a hundredth or thousandth time. You have to practice. 
Practice hearing God. Practice speaking to God. When you pray, you should always, the best you can, have a pen and paper because God's going to say something to you. And what he says to you is way more important than what you say to him. Because he already knows what you got to say. He wants to hear it, but what he has to say to you is way more important. Write it down. You have to practice. What if you prayed all night? What if you prayed for an hour? What do you think would happen? Something better than not. Let's all pray. Lord, everybody in all campuses, Lord, everybody in all campuses, microsites, Lord, I want to pray for a long time. Because I want to be in your presence for as long as possible. I want to hear everything you have to say to me. Stir my heart. Give me a desire to be alone with you. I want to anticipate being alone with you. I want to enjoy being alone with you. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a guy who every day he would pray, he would have his devotional time with God, which means it was him and God just talking, and he had a chair next to him where Jesus was sitting. And basically it was an empty chair. And every day he would sit in his chair, and he would sit next to his chair, and he would have fellowship. He went to the hospital, got sick. They brought the chair to his hospital room. He died with his head in the chair. Relationship. You need to go to bed every night saying, I can't wait to get up tomorrow and hang out with Jesus to start my day. And then we're going to spend all day together. But we're going to have our one-on-one time. It starts by just sitting there for five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes and saying, God, I'm here. I want to learn how to hear you. I want to tell you I love you. I want to learn how to spend time with you. Simple. Start with that. Turn to Luke. Chapter 9. Verse 28 and 29, it says, came to pass after eight days that Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went to the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. Uh, Let's all pray right now. Lord, everyone say, Lord, when I pray, change me. Transform me. Cleanse my mind. Renew my heart. I don't want to be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, sucky, sucky now. Someone asked me what that means. Oh, sucky, sucky now. I, it just means like, oh, something get ready to get happen. That's something like, you know, like that. I don't know if it means anything more than that. Turn to Mark chapter 9, 29. Oh, sucky. How many of y'all grew up saying that? Anybody remember that? You know that? Oh, sucky, sucky now. If it means something bad, I don't know that. So I don't, I don't know what neighborhood you grew up in. So. 
Uh, Mark 9, verse 29, it says, Jesus had just cast out a demon by saying 17 words, you deaf, dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And his disciples said, we couldn't do that. We prayed and spoke in tongues and toes and fingers and threw smoke on a brother and nothing happened. How come nothing happened? And Jesus said, verse 29, this kind could come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. In other words, prayer is empowered by fasting. Prayer is empowered by humility. Prayer is nullified by pride. In other words, if you pray prideful, like, God, I need this. God's going to be like, who do you think you are? But if you pray, God, I have nowhere else to go. I'm nothing without you. God's like, okay. Not that he's going to do what you say, but he's going to listen. The Bible says humility comes before honor, but pride comes before a fall. And when you fast, what you're telling God is, God, I am disconnecting my dependence on everything in this world. And I am solely laying my life at your feet. I fasted 40 days, twice, 20 days, 21 days, 17 days, 10 days, 5 days, all kind of stuff. And let me tell you something. When you fast, you do this with God. All I can tell you, you got to do it to, to experience it. It is euphoric. I've been high, I got high for eight years. It is a spiritual high. The first time I fasted 40 days, the last 10 days I was in Indiana, or I was uh, in Indiana and Pennsylvania in February where it was 40 below zero. I lost 25 pounds. I was 150-something pounds. And uh, I was 10 days traveling and speaking, day and night, day and night, for the last 10 days. So day 30 to day 40. And, well, 39, and I came back on day 40. And on day 39, I was speaking at Marion, Indiana, Western University in, in, in Marion, Indiana. And I felt so powered by the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I would open the Bible and I couldn't read the Bible. Why? Because the glory of God just had me pray. It was so thick. Can't explain it. You have to get there. And Jesus is saying here, there's some things that I'm going to need all of you. Everything you have, surrendered, and then you pray. You want that kind of closeness to God? You ain't going to get it walking around, coming on late, coming every other week. That's not going to happen. And if it happened, you wouldn't even know it. But what if you said, Lord, I'm going to pray a whole new me into existence. What does that mean? That I'm going to pray until you transform me into whatever you want me to be. And I'm going to keep seeking it with all my heart. What if that? Huh. Luke 23. 20, Luke 23. Luke 23, 34. He says, he was being crucified. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He was being crucified. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Can you imagine if you had the maturity and the humility to pray for your enemies? 
How many, of us, how many of us have someone in here that does not like us? Okay, why don't we do this? Everyone raise your hand. Now let me ask the question. How many of us have someone in here that does not like us? They're not necessarily in this room. They're just someone in the world. Okay? We all have people that don't like us. Amen? How many of us have people here? How many of us in here have people we don't like? Oh, y'all raise your hand on that one really quick. But the other one, you're like, oh, I don't think anybody doesn't like me. Everyone likes me. What if you prayed for those people that get on your nerves, that you believe are wrong, and trust me, you don't know the whole story. You're blinded by your pride. What if you prayed, Lord, bless them, and you meant it? Lord, pour out your love on those people. Pour out your grace on those people. Open the eyes of who you are. Lord, give me love for them. What if you did that? Jesus said pray for your enemies. Jesus said pray for your friends. Heathens do that. Pray for your enemies. Oh, God would be like, you know, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and afro around the earth looking. <laughs> Looking to show himself strong on behalf of someone who will be loyal. And that loyal person prays for their enemies. It's not a selfish person. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God. I pray you bless my enemies. Those who curse my name. Who talk behind my back. Bless them with your presence. Fill my heart with love and patience for them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I'm not praying it because we're saying it in church. I really mean it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Turn to the back of your lesson plan. Now, we're going to go over this and the rest of the lesson, this whole lesson plan next week. I ask you to pray 15 minutes a day. The lesson plan on the back is an acronym, AWSIPA. Everyone say AWSIPA. And it's five different categories to pray in. The two A's at the opposite ends of the AWSIPA are the same. So it's A-W-C-I-P-A, based on the Lord's Prayer. The A is adoration or praise. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. The W is I'm praying for the will of God. The C is I'm praying for communion with God. The I is I'm praying, I'm interceding for other people. The P is I'm petitioning for power or asking for something for myself. Or petitioning power so I can exercise God's power in a situation that he may be glorified. And then the A is we're admiring God. It's a very simple acronym. Next week we're actually going to do it. But here's, the, here's, the, here's the, the, uh, the purpose of it. One, it is not a formula. Everybody say it's not a formula. God is not a formula guy. What I mean by that, by formula, one, you don't have to do it that way. Two, there's no magic to do it that way. It's a guide. It's like a river has two banks and the water between the banks go in the direction of the banks, but they move within the banks. It's just a guide. 
You could pray each one one minute. You could pray each one two minutes. If you did each one five minutes, that's 30 minutes. In other words, if you just praised and thanked God for five minutes and did each one for five minutes, that's 30 minutes, just like that. But the point is that you're focused, is that you don't sit down and go, dear God, please bless my mother. Help me do this. I'm sorry for yesterday. Oh, God, I need some money. And you're all over the place, ADD. I'm not saying God can't follow you, but you can't follow you. Instead of staying focused. Imagine if driving home, all you did was thank God. One, you would realize how much you don't realize you need to thank God for. Because you'd be like, dear God, thank you for my car. Uh, thank you for my hair. Uh, thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the charges when you had last week. God didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> and then you'll be like, what else I got to thank him for? And God's going to be like, really? You don't know what to thank me for? How about the ability to thank me? Just do one letter at a time. That's the God. So when you do your 15 minutes, do two minutes each letter. Then every, all the notes are right there. Take your time. And then listen. Because he's going to talk to you. And what he has to say to you is way more important than what you have to say to him. Amen. Okay, so as we end, I want to ask all of you to bow your heads in all the campuses to pray. Our pastoral support team is going to come here to the front. You don't have to repeat after me. I'm going to pray for you. Dear Lord God, you are so good. You tell us in Ephesians that you have offered us and made available to us all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, yet we never ask for them. You tell us that if we ask in your name, it will be granted to us according to your sovereignty and your love and your mercy, but we don't ask for anything. We ask for things we think we can get. Lord, I pray we will become a church that prayed the impossible like you tell us to. And that we would believe the impossible like you tell us to believe. And entrust that whatever you do is right. Whether it's our way or not. Because it's not about us or our kingdom. It's about you and your kingdom. As you sit in your seat, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then I'm going to ask you to stand and then come forward in whatever campus you're in so we can pray for you. It's a simple prayer of surrender. In the privacy of your heart, if you would like to surrender your life, you want all that God has for you. You want to have a passion for God, a passion for prayer. You want to be transformed. And you want the what ifs in your life as it pertains to your relationship to God to be true. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. You don't need to pray it out loud. Pray, dear God. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my heart, my burdens, my pain. I surrender everything I know about myself to everything I need to know about you. Jesus, you are my Savior. Be my Savior. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Come upon 
my life. I surrender my life to Jesus. I want a passion to pray. I want a passion to read my Bible. I want a passion to trust God. I want a passion to live for God. I don't want to live under circumstances. I want to live under open heaven. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, wherever you are on any campus, if you prayed that prayer, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand, and by standing you are telling God, God, here I am. Here I am. I'm yours. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer, just stand to your feet and acknowledge your surrender and your humility before God. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless all of you. God bless you. We see you.